All right. So uh, today we got we might actually get both of these done in like twenty five minutes because we got Latin squares and we got empty cells. I'll see if we get the empty cells. Um, we discussed procedures for dealing with the nuisance variable uh, blocking. Right? You block at a nuisance variable. Uh, a special case of that is repeated measures when it's the ultimate nuisance variable of an individual. So we just repeat on an individual, um, and that's really a special case of blocking. You can also do something called ANCOVA, which we did not talk about. Again, it should make you happy. Um, ANCOVA is kind of, I can detect it, I can sort of intuitively tell you what ANCOVA is. It's analysis of covariance. What you do with ANCOVA is you statistically take out variance due to something. So it's not, uh, when you use ANCOVA, it's, it's not like you block on a nuisance variable, but you know there is a nuisance variable. <coughs> so you've got something that, it's going to get in the way, and you can take it out. Okay? So it's a way to statistically control for things. It's not as good as doing something like real, a real blocking design, but it's always possible to block something. Uh, you'll learn about ANCOVA if you go to graduate school. But, you know, intuitively, uh, really, it's just statistically controlling for variance of something that you have to control. It's experimental. Now, the thing, the thing is here, what if you have two nuisance variables? Okay? Remember we had the language learning method, and we had uh, previous experience with language as one of the nuisance variables, because that would clearly have an effect. I don't know, you can probably think of something else. Um, experience, maybe just experience learning languages in general. Some people uh, have taken a lot of language classes. Some people are quite good at that kind of thing, right? Other people, not so much. Right? So some people sort of have a knack for it. So you might say, well, maybe, maybe somebody's got like, say, three or four languages they know would be better at learning a second one, or an extra language would be a second one at that point, than someone who just knows only one language has never tried to learn a second language. Right? So you have two nuisance variables and a third variable. That's the independent variable you're interested in to deal with in this case. So you have two things you don't care about, but you know they're going to have an effect. You just want to take them out. And you have something you actually care about. I remember our example there was using uh, a traditional method, an immersion method, and uh, I don't know what the third one was. I can't remember. But that's what we were actually interested in. You can kind of you can sort of put them together. These two nuisance variables and the independent variable. Put one nuisance variable in a row like you would normally for your blocks. Put the other one in columns. See what I'm saying? I remember that. All those exclamation points. I'm doing that somewhat ironically. I hate when people put too many exclamation points. In fact, I hate exclamation points. I really do. Most of life is not that exciting. They make you sound no, I think they kind of make you look stupid. <laughs> Actually, in this case, right? Hey, exclamation points! Yes, hey, you know you much better than any of us. Question about any material. Yeah. Um, so, say back to learning language. Yeah. Would it, say if you were learning um, like a Latin based language. Sure. Um, and somebody knew Italian, French, and Spanish, yeah. and they were going to learn like Romanian, which is also a yep. Would it, that be considered a secret? Jeez, I mean, in that case, that'd be hard to do, though, because 
it wouldn't be so much practice with that. I mean, I would consider that just a, a nuisance variable because I mean, there's no way. There'd be no way to control it. I guess you could almost technically think of it as a, like a, an order effect kind of thing, but. So if you were conducting a test on um, learning, like on language learning, yeah. um, you'd have to put people into groups as to who's had, like depending on language, who's had knowledge of a certain language. That's right. Yeah, you would. And I mean, and that's part of it. And then you'll see in a second, that's going to be a real problem. Because think about this, if you put them in rows and columns, that's all well and good, but now you have to find people, and our language learning example is not that, that have previous experience, say, taking French, or that are bilingual, or that are completely naive. That's easy to find those three levels. I think we can do that. But now we have to find people that have taken many second languages, let's go with that, like many extra languages, many extra romance languages, or no extra languages. And then we're going to find subjects in each of those, nine, it's crossing now, nine levels. And then we have to cross all that with three language learning methods. We never get this experiment done. So as soon as you get more than one nuisance variable, you have this problem of this thing can grow, I believe, literally exponentially. I think I'm actually using that term properly. Math majors in the room? No good. I hate people say literally would mean figuratively. It literally knocked me over. No, it didn't. It figuratively knocked you over, you moron. Okay. That's why I like these words properly. That's why I, you know, I think it actually I mean exponentially. This is something we could do. But it's going to be a pain to do it in a traditional fashion. The way to do this actually is something called a Latin square. That was neat. You see that happen? Right so I've got columns, one, two, three, four. I got rows, one, two, three, four. These are both nuisance variables. And then I got A, B, C, and D. And I am so sorry that the world works this way. But those aren't different variables, A, B, C, and D. They're different levels of the independent variable. That's how the notation is done. I also hate it. But that's how it's always been done. That over. So A, B, C, and D are levels of a factor. They're not different independent variables. Each level of, of the independent variable, so A, B, C, and D, and I mean, traditionally we would have said A1, A2, A3, A4, and for some reason the world has turned that into A, B, C, and D. I don't like it. But each level occurs in each ordinal position. So look how the A's occur first once, second once, third once, fourth once, B's as well, C's, etc. Each row and column has each level once. So you see, row one has a once, column one has a once. This is for order effects, right? Uh, that's why we taught it before. Yeah, well, that's not exactly the reason. If you're doing this to control for order effects, yes, that's a very special case when you would use this. Um, and it's actually a very sensible thing that you would taught that, because I don't think you could have handled this in 2007. Um, which is fine. I mean, that's why courses are done in order. That's one way to use a lot of square. But what we're doing here is we actually have two nuisance variables. These are different people. There's no order effects at all. These are all different people. 
So these are this is an order effect. You can use a lat square to determine how to do order effects. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's a very good way to control for order effects. But that's not what we're doing here. This is the use of a Latin square. But this is a Latin square design. That is the use of a Latin square. They're um, related but different. Okay, stop thinking about order effects. That's experimental design. A monkey can do experimental design. A half-trained monkey. Of course, then it would be thrown poop everywhere, but it would still be able to design a halfway decent experiment. I'm going to throw poop here. No poop putter. That's my control group. See? That's a monkey experiment right there. So, for this, yeah. you said the groups are different? Uh, yeah, well, not groups. They're individuals. Okay, so there's only one person yeah. in each group? Yeah. Just like with the blocks. You know how we did randomized block? And you have one person uh, in each block that gets each level of independent variable? It's exactly the same here, except we have basically, in essence now, kind of like two blocks, except if we did this, as a real randomized block, instead of needing 16 subjects, we need 64. Because we have to have everybody getting every uh, level. Uh, sorry, each block and the two block combinations would also need uh, have every single level of the event variable. So we need up four times this, so 16 times four. I know you're talking about order effects and all that, using Latin squares to determine order effects, but it's perfectly reasonable, except that's not what Latin square design is. Yeah, please. Why vertically is it A, B, C, D? I just have to use that. You mean this? No, vertically. The horizontal is A, B, but then it goes A, D, C, D. Oh, that's just because I, that's the square I chose. That's the combination I chose. You can do it. Yeah, it's a whole bunch of ways. As long as each level occurs in each ordinal position once, and in each row once, then each column once. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of solutions to this. And technically, what you should do is randomly choose from all the possible Latin squares, whoever does this, uh, and, and, and say, I'll use this combination. People typically do this A, B, C, D, D, A, B, C, C, D, A, B. But you'll be able to find on the internet or even a good statistics book up to about a four by four Latin square, maybe a five by five. Beyond that, it gets ridiculously large, the number of possible squares. Uh, there are 729 six by six squares. Yeah, 729. So you're not going to be able to, that's going to be hard. That was all written in. I think it should be 125 five by fives. So, yeah, it gets a little silly. So people just tend to do this, right? So what you need here is equal numbers of rows, columns, and independent variable levels. This is a really strict set of assumptions. Much stricter than we're used to. And this is what our model ends up being. X equals nu plus alpha plus beta plus, I think that's gamma, plus epsilon. Yes? A score equals the grand mean plus rows plus columns plus treatment effect, independent variable, plus residual error. Okay? That was a bunch of Q. Yeah. 
The yeah. only, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. By doing an atmospheric degree, um, like, there's greater degree of precision in that we're eliminating. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're eliminating variance due to two nuisance variables. So that's a good thing. It's a good thing. What happens if, like, say, this might be a question. No, no, it's fine. What happens if, like, we want, like, something like a, like a carryover effect, or a, um, like, and we want the nuisance into the... How do you mean? I don't understand. Why do you have Well, like, we might want to act by inner then you do a different kind of experiment. This, this is, remember, there are different subjects in each cell. So you're not going to see me carry over effects. So maybe we test them once. Practices. Practices. Okay. If you want to look at practice effects, you've got to look at uh, a variable with repeated measures. Okay, so the two A's are No, the they're, they're just levels of the independent variable. They're not, no, they're not, they're not the same group or anything. I know it's very, it's confusing. Sorry. No, no, don't be sorry, it's confusing. <laughs> I already apologize for the world of statistics doing it this way. This is, this is the way it's done. Your ANOVA looks like this. Rows, columns, independent variable, residual. So, rows have P minus 1. What's P? P is the number of rows or columns. The number of the independent variable. So rows has p minus one, columns has p minus one, independent variable has p minus one, residual has p minus one times p minus two degrees of freedom, and the total has big N minus one. So is that one of the cells? Yep. Yep. So in the one example we had, that'd be fifteen, and this is going to be three, three, three. 6, 9, 6, 15, yep. P is the number of rows, the number of columns, and also the number of levels of independent variable. And they have to all be the same before it would be a square. Okay. Oh, by the way, what do you divide by what? You divide the effect of the independent variable by residual, or by area. You'd be talking to, yeah, sorry, go ahead. It's what's left over. Right? It's uh, the, the model, uh, it's the thing that would be, I'm sorry. It's just the error term. It's what would be, it's error that, that, it's variance that can't be explained by being in a row, a column, or a, a level of the variable. Yeah. And by the way, you don't test rows, you don't test columns, there's no, we can't, and it doesn't matter. You wouldn't have used it as an error term unless you, sorry, as a, as a nuisance variable, unless it already accounted for something. And you can't do it anyway. Just like you can't get an effect for blocks, and you can't get an effect for subjects. You hope it's nice and big. These can be useful if you meet their really stringent assumptions, and that's number of rows, columns, and also note there was no interaction there. There is no, there cannot be an interaction then between rows and columns, rows and rows and rows and variable, variables and columns, all three, and yada yada yada. Because what happens if it's not in the model? It's only going to go to one place, and that's error. 
So that's going to make the error return bigger, and it's going to make it harder to detect the effect of the independent variable. It's going to make it harder to detect that. You don't want it harder to detect. You want it easier. It doesn't kill you if there's an interaction. It's just that it makes it harder to detect in the, uh, in the main effect of the independent variable, or any effector. So that's another assumption. How do you need an assumption of no interactions if you haven't done the experiment? You know what my answer is? I don't know. Well, previous research, exploratory data analysis, but you can't even tell because not everything occurred with every level of everything else. That's what interaction's about. You didn't get that here. We did this because we couldn't do the experiment with four by four by four. We have an equal number of rows, columns, and independent variables. I have used one of these in my whole career. I have seen someone use it once. It was one of my thesis students three years ago, Jen Sushor. And hers was great. Hers was a six by six Latin square, and it worked perfectly. Because she wanted to do a six by six by six, and I said, Do you have any subjects you're going to need? Well, I don't know. How many would that be? It's about six cubed. It's a big number. So it's really pretty straight. You're never going to learn into these things. But there's an off chance. Because I mean, I've supervised 30 some odd other species in my career, and one person used it. It could happen. It's conceivable. Questions on that?